Hi, welcome to the On Your Marks book review podcast with me, Jonathan Marks. Today I'll be sharing with you my review of the book, Let My People Go Surfing, The Education of a Reluctant Businessman, written by Yvonne Chenard, the founder and owner of Patagonia, the highly respected US-based outdoor brand. This is a reread of the book. I came across it some years ago in the Books by the Kilogram box at a local chain bookstore. At the time, I was, of course, familiar with the company brand. Um, I'm something of a heavy user of their products, but was unfamiliar with the personality behind the company. After reading the book the first time and upon reflection, the casting aside of this book by the retailer into the bargain box is such a sad testimony to the state of business today that a thoughtful and considered book such as this can be overshadowed by whatever crap a bookseller perceives the public will buy is cause for as much concern as is the environmental message in this book. The book traces two intersecting arcs, Chenard's life story and the founding and growth of the company Patagonia. Along with this, Chenard offers his philosophies on business from eight different perspectives, including product design, production, distribution, image, finances, HR, management, and of course the environment. In some ways, even though these philosophical perspectives are valuable, insightful, highly innovative and illuminating, I found the siloed structure to be a little MBA circa 1980. In fairness though, Chenard has no MBA and seems to have a very healthy disdain for MBAs and corporate America and its management style. So this could just be a structured and ordered mind approaching the book and the Patagonia philosophy. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Please note that no corporate support or sponsorship was offered by Patagonia for this book review. Although my morality in this regard is somewhat elastic given my absolute love for their products, so if anyone from Patagonia happens to be listening and wants to throw a few fleece jackets my way, just drop me an email. Incidentally, the name of the book, Let My People Go Surfing, relates to a flexi-time policy at the company where staff literally can go surfing as they wish. The idea being that when the surf, wind and weather are perfect, work can wait. So back to the story. Chenard is from French-Canadian stock. His father was a rough, tough fur trapper. And soon after the company moved from Canada to California, the young Chenard found himself exploring the ocean, rivers and hills around Los Angeles. He was 16 when he was introduced to rock climbing and that summer drove to Wyoming in a Ford truck he had rebuilt to climb Gannett Peak, the highest peak in the state. Dozens of similar trips followed before he turned 18 and left school and to his growing outdoor passions he added fly fishing, surfing and then pretty much any outdoor sport that was dangerous and took him into the wilds. Climbing remained a passion for Chenard and he noticed the limited range of climbing hardware available in the late 1950s in the US. Ever the self-starter, he taught himself blacksmithing and with a second-hand forge and the axle from a scrap harvester, he forged his first pitons. These are narrow nail-like pegs that are hammered into cracks in the rock face to secure the climber. This led to forging carabiners, snap links that, that are cast from steel or aluminium and are clipped into the piton. This small travelling manufacturing business really financed his travels and climbing. Using a simple typed order form he sold to fellow climbers who saw the quality and craftsmanship of his work. A small disclaimer on the order form read, Expect delays in delivery during climbing season. Chenard was drafted and sent to Korea, 
Working in a citizen liaison role, he spent, by his own admission, pretty much most of the time sneaking off and climbing on granite domes north of Seoul. On his return to the US, he continued with equipment manufacture, which led to the creation of the Chenard Equipment Company, the forerunner to Black Diamond, a brand still in high regard today amongst serious climbers. Chenard was soon on an environmental path. The tradition of hammering pitons into the rock face not only damaged the rock, but left a trail of steel behind. This led to a movement called clean climbing and the design of lightweight hexagonal chucks that were inserted into cracks and then removed, leaving the rock face clean. His first catalogue of products included a 14-page essay on clean climbing, a tradition that remains today with Patagonia, who still use many of its publications to write and signal their ethical and environmental position. I guess today we'd call this content marketing, although the authenticity of what Patagonia does and writes is far less superficial than the millions of mindless blog posts we see today. During a climbing trip to Scotland in 1970, Chenard bought himself a regulation rugby jersey, seeing that the tough fabric and the collar would make it a great climbing shirt. This single product, subsequently imported and again sold to climbers and communities in which Chenard was so well known, was the start of the clothing and outdoor apparel business. Knowing that he needed a different brand from his equipment product, he chose Patagonia, at that stage a remote and wild wilderness. Using the silhouette of Mount Fitzroy on the label reinforced the rugged and windswept nature of the location and what the clothing brand stood for. Well, the rest, as they say, is history. From these humble beginnings, a highly respected and admired outdoor brand emerged that today has retail operations on every continent on earth. What became evident from the book is how Chenard's story and life is so intertwined with that of the company. The boundaries between the two are largely non-existent, as he and his family guide, infuse and enthuse the business with their own personal deep passion for ethical business in the great outdoors. Interestingly, Chenard has never led the company as CEO or managing director. Knowing that this is not his skill or passion, although he is very obviously a keen study of business, he has always had partners or professional management, largely from the outdoor community who have managed things day to day. He practices what he calls MBA management, management by absence, observing that being away from the office and the business gives people freedom to make decisions and realize his dream and vision. The business is still privately owned, and this decision to forgo any external investment in order to grow, list and realize value is what allows the company to remain focused on a mission of creating great products that really serve and add value to their customers. As the business has grown and become more financially successful, the mission has changed. According to a 2018 publication focused on Patagonia's ethical and environmental practices, Chenard stated that we're in business to save our home planet. The company gives away more than $100 million a year to grassroots organizations concerned with activism and environmental action. Most of Patagonia's business decisions are seen through the same environmental lens, from the design of products to the sourcing of sustainable materials, including organic cotton or recycled soda bottles to make fleece jackets. In a memorable advert in the New York Times for Black Friday 2011, the company headed their ad, Do Not Buy This Jacket, 
explaining that the cost to the environment in terms of water use, transport and waste were far higher than the ticket price of the item. This strategy, called demarketing, was not a ploy. The company clearly stated, if you don't need another jacket, please don't buy one. Some Patagonia stores go further and close their shops on Black Friday, encouraging people instead to spend the time in the outdoors. What becomes evident from the book in each chapter and each story and photograph is the absolute consciousness and authenticity with which this business has been formed and is now run and managed. Everyone is on board. They know why they're there and what the mission is. In the early days, Chenard would take groups of employees away, sometimes even to Patagonia, to get a deeper and clearer sense of the values and the mission of the company. The book reminds me of that wonderful story about NASA on a presidential visit by Kennedy in the 1960s. He walked up to a janitor and asked him what his job was. The man looked the president in the eye and said, Mr. President, I'm helping to put a man on the moon. The same sense of purpose and mission seems to pervade Patagonia. The bulk of the book details Chenard and Patagonia's philosophies to business. These are far too numerous and detailed for this podcast. If you happen to be in the manufacturing or retail space and are looking for a blueprint, pick up a copy of the book. But for the rest of us, I've tried to parse what I think is most universally relevant into 10 points. Number one, be authentic. This comes through strongly in everything. When you are authentic and when what you do is authentic, people see this and trust you and like you. It just seems to be that simple. Number two, stay the course. Patagonia avoids fads and fashion and creates products that last for a very long time. In this age of fast fashion and rampant consumerism, I think this is refreshing and honest. Number three, care for those around you. This goes beyond lip service such as our employees are our most valuable assets. You actually need to show this. For Patagonia, this was creating one of the most highly regarded child development centers at the Ventura, California head office so that moms could continue to work at the company and keep their kids close by. Simplify, simplify. Despite a large catalogue of products for a myriad of sports, Patagonia tries to keep its design simple, durable and multifunctional. This extends to the care and cleaning as well as their ironclad guarantee that offers to repair, replace or refund no matter what the condition or when you bought the product. Many Patagonia stores around the world offer a free service repairing outdoor products, even for items that are not their own. Number five, avoid unnecessary harm. There is a much greater environmental cost to all our decisions. In fact, as Chenard writes, we have been cooking the books as regards the environmental cost for decades and are now paying a very dear price for these decisions. Patagonia thinks about their products as cradle to cradle, and considers how everything can be reused repeatedly. 6. Borrowing ideas from others. The idea of analogical transfer is evident with Patagonia, the process of making leaps from one seemingly unrelated field to another. For example, Chenard and Patagonia believe that they could learn from McDonald's, certainly as regards their supplier relationships and the provision of the right product at the right price and at the right time to customers. 7. Bucking the trend. Patagonia does not offer retail from shopping malls. The company purposefully looks for old buildings that are a part of a community to not only reduce its environmental footprint, but also to restore beautiful property and to make each store unique. 
8. Tell a story. Patagonia's advertising and promotion of products usually follows one of two forms. The product or item is shown without any model, or it's shown being worn by real customers in the outdoors. This adds to the authenticity of the brand and helps to tell a story of the product and the company and its customers from the perspective of that customer rather than from the perspective of the marketing department. 9. Lead by example. Shanada and his wife, the co-founders and owners of the business, remain as the guiding lights and visionaries for Patagonia. They enjoy no special privileges. Their desks are in an open-plan area with everyone else's. They pay for their own meals at the cafeteria and have no reserved parking outside the building. In fact, the parking bays closest to the door are reserved for those driving electric vehicles. And finally, 10. There is no planet B. The environmental mission of Patagonia is what seems to drive much of the business. In an honest, clear and purposeful way, I feel this is just so much more than this watered-down term sustainability or the current just transition. They take this work seriously and support thousands of activists who are trying to make a difference in our world. I feel we can all learn from this, individually and as companies. Chenard offers up the Patagonia environmental philosophy as five actions the company takes. I have included these in the companion infographic, but briefly explain each here. I think these are valuable maxims for us to all adopt and implement. Lead an examined life. We are the only animal, says Chenard, stupid and greedy enough to file our own nest. We need to be far more aware, informed and curious about the impact of our actions. Clean up our own act. Every purchasing decision we make sends a signal. When we demand products that are friendly to the environment, companies will come together and offer these to us. We need only act. Do our penance. We all sin as regards the environment, and what Chenard proposes is that we all do penance for this, whether it's driving or flying less, planting a tree, recycling or buying organic food from local producers, or even adding our 1% for the planet. Support civil democracy. As Churchill said, democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others. Well, we need to act within this political framework, and being an activist for an important cause such as the environment is our responsibility. Finally, influence other companies. Patagonia has pursued business through the framework of doing as little harm as possible. The crisis of the environment is too big for one company. And this is what has led to the movement such as Conscious Capitalism, started by Whole Foods founder John Mackey. We can all learn from this approach and even better, infuse it into what we do. I've included links to Conscious Capitalism in the companion infographic. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. This is a great book and a great company and an inspiring founder. I encourage you to follow the links in the infographic to hear from Shanad himself. I know you too will be inspired. Have an absolutely wonderful week.